Turkey for me. Turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Quint wants to know, what are you thankful for? Welcome to Let's Get Two, the baseball show from the fans' perspective. Now here's your host, James Christopher. And welcome to the Thanksgiving episode of Let's Get Two. I hope everybody's enjoying the beginning of their Thanksgiving holiday week. We are wearing today, we, the royal we, our Thankful for Baseball t-shirt that is available on our Public site. And I put it on, obviously, it's Thanksgiving, but... One of the things that I wanted to show appreciation for on this shirt is all the different leagues who have played baseball this year that we have either been to or communicated with or had on our show outside of the major leagues. Leagues like the MILB, the Prospect League, the Northwoods League, the Frontier League, um, the Pioneer League, uh, the Futures League, the Atlantic League. There is a lot of baseball out there, and, and that's really where... I started in my thought of what have I been thankful for this year and for this baseball season. And I want to start with these leagues. And I want to start with all the people on uh, these teams and in these front offices who have supported our show, who've come on the show, who've given us media credentials, who have allowed us to take a peek into their baseball world so we could bring some of that to you. I have been very thankful uh, for this baseball season, and we're going to have our awards a little later on in the episode, and you can see some of the individual, both people and teams, that we've been very thankful for. Um, I've been very thankful, you know, Astros fans. I've been very thankful that Jim Crane keeps putting a competitive uh, team on the field, five straight ALCSs. Uh, thankful that those guys kept fighting despite, you know, the the, the reaction to the, the 2019 or I guess the 2017 scandal that was revealed at the end of beginning of 2020. I've been very thankful. Some of, some of my very good friends in this in in the game, uh, guys like Eric Mertens, who fundamentally has changed my life. Uh, guys like Don Gillingham, who uh, does his best whenever I need it to be reminded of what's special about this game. I've been very thankful for. Our team, uh, Andy Tom Chesson and Scott McIntyre and Andrew Nelson, my brother Timothy, Jess Canaster, and um, Brian Arbor, who have all lent their time and talent uh, to be, you know, on the show and come and be a part of it. I've been very thankful for, you see my cutout from the Astros 2020 season when no one could go, but getting to share baseball this season with my daughter Jordan and Max and my grandchildren Braxton and Kennedy. It's been so much fun to see them get into the game and you know, we had a great time in the Tri-Cities with Braxton and it just it, it was such a perfect baseball moment that I'll cherish forever and will forever be thankful for. Uh, more importantly or most importantly, I'm thankful for Jessica, my wife who Loves the game as much as I do, has supported this endeavor, and the show's going to change a little bit, and it's going to become a little bit different, a little bit more, um, I think, developed, and it's going to take a lot of time and capital to get it built, and I'm just so thankful that I have a partner in this world who is so completely supportive 
and into it that it really does make this not just easier to do, but makes me want to do it better, makes me want to keep working. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for everybody who has been listening and watching and participating and communicating you know, on all the different social media networks. Uh, the folks, we've had a couple times people come up to the ballpark when we've been visiting and have been like, hey, you're Let's Get Two. And I'm like, well, it's not on my birth certificate, but yes, I am. And it's been so cool to meet fans of our show who kind of dig what we're doing. And I just am so thankful for that whole community that we've built. So we have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking to Eric Mertens. We're going to have our Let's Get Two Awards and the Missoula Paddleheads are here. So stay with us. Who's on first? The Let's Get Two Local Nine. Brought to you by Zoomer Sport. All right, so we are excited to be joined by one of our favorite guests on the planet. If you're doing a Thanksgiving episode, you got to have this guy on, Eric Mertens. You know him best as Eric the Peanut Guy. First, Eric, congrats to your Zags. I watched. How much did you watch? (laughs) I watched the whole. I actually watched the whole thing, and it was a long day. So let, let me just explain to you that it was the Longhorn football team losing to Kansas. Yeah. Their fifth loss in a row, first time the number the last time the Longhorns have won five lost five games in a row in, in football. The number one single was Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. Oh. <laughs> and so then That's... I'm not able to sleep, and I'm like, well, I'll just put on the basketball game. And I'll be honest, I obviously Gonzaga's in a whole other scheme, but the long I, I feel good about the team. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, I was, I have to be honest, I'm a big Zags fan and uh, that's my team. I was surprised that um, it went so well for us because I don't know. I, I was talking to my mom watching that game. We're, we're Northwest sports fans, you know, Mariners fans, um, Washington state university Cougars fans, Seahawks, Sonics, and just, you know, like other fan bases, we've gotten used to not winning um, the Seahawks helped out with that a few years ago when they got to the Super Bowl a few times. But it's so weird to have a team that we love that's our team just be dominant. Yeah. And so it's with humility. Like before every big matchup, I'm like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I'm yeah. not, not going to allow myself to get cocky. So yeah, I was happy how it ended up, but it was fun to text you about it and have a friend on the other side. Yeah. And well, let's, let's talk about that then, you, you know, because. I want to get into your baseball season and really your city, your, your season with the tri cities, because I know how just in near and dear they are, but, but it was fun for me to watch you watch the Mariners because they made it exciting. I love the fun differential thing. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of Astros fans were saying that team looks like the Astros did in 2015. Um, so just, what was it like for you to kind of just be in that fight, man, and be at kind of at the end? It meant a lot when you reached out to me because, you know, interdivision rivals, you know, and, and Astros have just, again, been dominating for the past number of years. Um, So that was really, really kind. I I was really excited to show Karina, my girlfriend. I was like, look, Jim sent me a video when the Mariners did well. Um, Those like that last week and a half of the regular season, I'm 39. And it seriously reminded me of when I was 12 in 1995 when the Mariners kind of saved baseball, major league baseball in the Pacific Northwest and Griffey and Edgar and uh, the kingdom. And I literally remember feeling when I was 12 and I'd be watching the games with my family, like we can't lose. It was, they were so hot. Like, you know, they would come back in the bottom of the ninth 
their uh the mariners rallying cry in the 90s was two outs so what refuse to lose you know <laughs> I love and that's that. what that's what it felt like um this past season and um just some magical moments so again i don't think any real mariners fans like <laughs> said oh this is we're going to do it because we've had our hearts broken so and the mariner the way the mariners break your heart is they they don't just suck they they get good and then <laughs> like you know and then it just the bottom falls out and so yeah. we're used to it you know but um it was so much fun and it was really cool to see so many people wearing the navy and teal more than usual and the seahawks are kind of on a downward slope and they're the big they're the big dog in the northwest as far as sports goes so it was kind of like the mariners finally got some attention as a baseball fan i was really happy for that yeah and i i I, and i think you know it's funny because you know scott service was a longtime astros catcher when i was sort of watching right yeah. So it was always kind of neat. And I'm, I was so glad that they let him keep the job because, you know, it's easy to, to sort of when you're doing this thing and, and, you know, obviously we don't know when we'll have major league baseball again. I'm yeah. actually think we won't see it till 2023, but um, my hope is that, you know, this, this keeps, keeps going. And, 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 you know, I really think that you guys could ascend to dominance in the division in a few years, man. I mean, that's the hope. That's the hope. But um when the, when the Strohs made the World Series on Mariners Twitter, everyone was like posting memes like, do you see what we have to deal with? Like, because the Strohs are so good. And finally, the rest of the world gets to see, like, you know, even though the Mariners have been kind of the young upstarts recently, Astros are still still at the top of the chain. So, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Do you have a prediction on the CBA? I mean, have you thought about that? Like, do you think we're going to have baseball? I have, there was an article that came out. I think JJ Cooper put it out a few months ago. And the headline was like, if there is a work stoppage in the major leagues, how does it uh, impact the minors? And like, that's all I cared about. That's all yeah. I was like, I saw, I saw the same article. Yeah. Yeah. I dropped everything and read that as fast as I could. And the gist of it was that the minors will play. Um, and so I think, I don't know, this is my prediction and I would love to hear why you th- have your prediction, but the, the owners are going to lock out on December 1st. And then we're going to have a really crappy off season. And as a Mariners fan, that really pisses me off because this is supposed to be our off season. Yeah. Um, and then probably like they'll probably, my prediction, it will bleed into spring training by a few weeks and then they'll get their act together and um, make it happen. Cause there's too much money to lose for the owners um, and the players. And, uh, but I don't know. This is, this is kind of weird because there's so many competing moral systems here, but if the minors are only the, are the only game in town for a little bit, I wouldn't mind it. You know, it would. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Now, granted that be, the reason for that is because the minor leaguers don't have a union. So there's more. Right. They, yeah. They're disadvantaged workers, which yes. is why they would keep playing. Exactly. exactly right. Yeah. So I feel kind of bad saying that, but um so with all those nuances and, and uh, idiosyncrasies there, uh, if the minor leagues get some more love through this, then I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I guess, you know, I feel like it's going to be long and and it's going to be like, how did Bill Murray des- de- describe winter and groundhog? It's going to be long. It's going to be gray. It's going to last the rest <laughs> oh. of your life. Um, My seasonal affective disorder, like. To a T. Yeah, I just feel like um, I think the the owners the ownership. If you look at how they've handled certain things, uh, even the Astros scandal, sticky stuff, 
Um, you know, I think that they're out to break the union. Mm-hmm. I think um, that baseball union is the most powerful union in sports. And I think there's, you could make the argument that that powerful of a union is what prevents the game from becoming the NFL. Like the NFL is the biggest brand and rightly or wrongly because the owners really decide what happens. And so I think that they're out to break the union. Wow. That's but, interesting that, I mean, during the whole minor league, um, I don't take over or the minor league <laughs> shift, uh, um, things would come out saying like, that is a, a, a technique that some people use to try to, you know, get the, your opposition to turn against itself. So, man, I hope not. That's depressing. This is the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, it's the Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> Come so let's on. talk about being thankful. Yeah. Um, how great was it for you to be back as Eric the Peanut Guy? Um, you know, we had the chance to go out and see you. Oh, you man. do it better than just about anybody. How, just how much did it was it good for your soul to be back? I, I, I will say to the day I die that having you and your family out for a Dust Devils game was a highlight. You know, and I've been doing this for 21 years and that it is one of the top 10 highlights. So thank you. You're Please welcome. come back. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, what was really cool is that I had built up because, you know, the canceled 2020 season, all the drama with the realignment of the minors and if the Dust Devils would stay affiliated, if so, with whom, what level, all that stuff. I thought I was going to be super emotional on opening night, 2021. I thought I was going to be crying. Um, I thought there'd be a lot of hugs and there were, there were hugs, but more than anything, I noticed me and uh, DJ BP, Brad Prescott, the guy that does the music at our stadium and kind of the, the promotions team and the front office with the dust devils. It was almost like we just clicked into like Uber work mode. We're like, this is it. This is what we're made to do. Right. I, and more than being like happy to tears, I felt like fulfilled. Like this is the best affirmation I've ever had that I'm made to do this. The dust devils are made to be Tri-Cities teams. Our fans are, are made to be here. They were stoked, stoked to be there. So it was more of a, um, more than like a very emotional thing. It was in- incredibly affirming and, um, fulfilling experience and so when i think of this past season that's what i'm thankful for how much of it um how much of it reaffirmed for you because it's a grind for you guys and particularly with this new schedule where you know sometimes it's 13 games in a row you know and and it's it's i mean there's lots of reasons why the schedule isn't great and hopefully it's going to be a bit more what we're used to in 2022 but how much of it did you not mind the hot days and not mind just the grind of it, knowing that at least you were back. Yeah. You know, that, that's a great question because um, our whole league, our Northwest league has been a short season league for decades, decades. And so thank God we survived the, the realignment. Um, but not only that, we got like promoted to full season. So <laughs> the grind got twice as long, twice as long know, yeah. than we're used to. Um, and I, I, there was a few moments there the first few weeks back um, in Washington state, we have mask mandates. And then, you know, if you're vaccinated, you can do this or all this other stuff. And, you know, that's, that's un- unfortunately contentious um, topics for some people. And so we would have some fans come in and they'd ask us about, do we need to wear a mask and why do we need to wear a mask or, or, 
or there'd be issues like the, you know, I thought the hot dogs were only supposed to be $2 or $3. There'd be kind of like these mini complaints and you could see it in their faces. They're like, now, wait a second. And everyone was being civil, which I appreciated. Sure. You, you could see them start to have, oh man, or we have 13 games in a row, whatever. But then almost everyone to a T would catch themselves and you would see a change go over their face and they'd say, you know what? We have baseball back. I'm just happy baseball's back. And it was the, like the purest, like most innocent <laughs> acknowledgement that, yeah, things aren't perfect, but we just went through a whole year of not having any of this. And so to take it for granted won't, won't happen. Um, hopefully ever, but at least this year. <laughs> at least this year. You know, it's funny you say that because I've noticed that not only that, I so I, you know, as, as was promised with my boycott of Major League Baseball, I went to one Astros game this year. Yeah. With your um, grandkids. Yeah, with my grandkids. And it was an overall miserable experience for everyone. And it was crowded. It was expensive. Uh, it was um, almost like people collectively, they weren't rude. They just sort of forgot how to behave. Yeah. But you got to the minor league park and it was a lot of that. It was a lot of the, hey, I'm just glad to be here. I'm yeah. just happy to be here. And I think it really, I think that in a nutshell is the difference, right? Between them, the MILB and, and other independent stuff. Um than the MLB. Yeah. Well, and I, I guess that would be a second thing I'm really thankful for this year was um, more than any other season, people came out of the woodwork from the national minor league community. Like I connected over Twitter and podcasts and Instagram with more people than I ever have this past season. And more people came to Dust Devils games that like kind of knew who I was or I knew who they were. Um, I got to go on some ballpark road trips and I would meet up with people. Yeah. And it, it was that national community connecting more than ever. And I think, um, man, I just don't, there's nothing else like minor league baseball. And it's so cliche to say, but it literally is hometown pride in the best part of the year. It's sunny. It's warm. People love love their communities. They want to show it off. So there's a visitor coming through town. Um, I got to go to a few games for brand new teams, co collegiate woodbat teams. I went to Canyon County Spuds game. I went to a mining city, Tommy knockers game. And these were two teams that were brand new last year. And I connected with the interns there and they were just so excited about like hometown baseball, the minor leagues, you know, whether it's collegiate woodbat. Well, and I wanted to ask league. you a I wanted to ask you about that because you didn't have a whole lot of experience going to collegiate woodbat stuff yeah. for this year. So how did you find it? Because I was much like you sort of forced into it in 2020 and now I love it. Like I'm in love with it. Yeah, dude. That's I, I would agree. I was really lucky. Um, let's see. My, my mom, dad, and I went to a Yakima Valley Pippins game years ago in the West coast league, our, our regional collegiate woodbat league. And then two years ago, or right before the pandemic, my mom and I hit up some other West coast league teams in Washington and British Columbia. And then this past year, mom and I did some Oregon teams, Washington teams, and then those other ones I mentioned. And, um, the things I like about minor league baseball, um, are almost like more pronounced in collegiate woodbat because yeah. again, it's just like, man, we're getting down to what it's really about people relationships fun um what i really like is that the players are a lot they can let loose because it's their summertime these are college kids they're not getting paid yeah. um i saw my first ever um, national anthem standoff 
in Bend, Oregon. Do you know what I'm talking about? When two no. players. Okay. So it's a thing and I've heard about it, but you know, the, both teams come out of the dugout for the national anthem before the game and respectfully hand on the heart hat over the heart. And then after the anthem, they go back to the dugout, but it's a, it's a thing. And I've seen some pros do it where a player or two will stay out for each team. And it's a standoff to see who, who will let whoever <laughs> will go back first. And most of the time it's like one of the coaches will be like, come on, cut it out, get in the dugout or yeah. more, more often than not, it's the umpire, like finally seeing that there's two dudes still on the, like the foul lines <laughs> and be like, or by the coaches boxes and be like, get in here. Well, I've never seen one last more than like a minute. Sometimes I would see one at, at a uh, Northwest league game, but I went, my mom and I went to a bend Elks game in bend, Oregon. And again, collegiate wood bat. Yeah. The umpires are, you know, having fun. The teams are having fun. And <laughs> I forget who bend was playing. I'm, I'm ashamed to say this now, but a bend player and then a visiting player did it. And they lasted the entire nine innings. They <gasps> didn't take one step, no bathroom breaks. <laughs> wow yeah it was incredible their teammates were coming out with water and like like and and part of the thing is you can't move so the guys are still with their hand on their hearts (laughs) for three plus hours and it was incredible the fans loved it the umpires turned turned a blind eye but um nice um, yeah but it was it was so much fun and like you're not going to be able to see that at a at a professional affiliate game so um, i I loved it I think the other thing that makes it special too is that most of those players are there for the whole season. So mm-hmm. you do get a sort of, we want to win and the fans get to know those players and it does. I think it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the dust devils have had a great host home host family program over the past number of decades. We're really proud of it. Um, and you know, other sports like minor league hockey have billets and other things, but I think the host family um, experience is even more pronounced for the college guys. And so you get all these families out here rooting for their adopted son for the summer yeah. and, and they're there the whole summer. We, uh, we met a, we met a, we met a whole group in Fond du Lac. I've been oh. saying it wrong this whole time where, and they have, they have, they have a section for the host parents. Oh, and they have t-shirts cool. and they oh, just party the whole time. That's awesome. So we're hanging out with them and, and they're like, Hey, where are you going next? And I'm like, we're going to Madison. So they showed up in Madison. It was just, Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was the best. Um, before we get to some fun rapid fire stuff though, do you have any, oh. like, what does next year look like for you? Do you know yet? Do you have any, any trips for sure that you're ready to let us in on? Oh, you mean personally? Yeah. Not with, not with the dust devils. Um, yes, I am ready. So I have the most amazing girlfriend in the world, Karina, and she and I started dating, um, kind of like during, you know, during the off season, kind of before the 2020 season. So we had planned, actually, I think the first time I talked with you years ago, we had planned a Texas trip. We were going to hit all the minor league teams in Texas and then the pandemic hit and everything shut down. So that didn't happen. Um, and then this past year, I just did things within driving distance because I didn't want to fly quite yet. I didn't feel comfortable. Um, but next summer, man, this summer, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm flying. I'm going somewhere. My best friend just moved to St. Louis. And I've never been to that part of the country. Like I've hit all the West Coast and all the East Coast. And the center from Minnesota down to Texas, I still need to hit. And so I'm really thinking of uh, Karina and I might go to St. Louis, hopefully hit up Kansas City, hopefully hit up the Negro Leagues Museum, um, and then all the minor league teams kind of in the central Midwest. But um, 
That's what I've been thinking about right now. But Texas is still on the on the list. So. Well, you definitely let us know. So let's play a little rapid fire. Okay. All That's right. Fun. You ready? Get your thinking cap on. I didn't all know these this was, easy. I didn't know this was part of this. <laughs> it's a, it's a new addition uh, that we came up with. The kind of. Um, all right. <clears throat> hot dogs or brats? I'm German American, but I'm going with hot dogs. You're the only person in the history of this show that we've been doing this rapid fire thing that said hot dogs. Let's go. <laughs> I'm serious. Listen, I'm not even listen, kidding. This is this is how I think about it. I can eat two or three hot dogs. I can only have one brat because it fills me up. I'm it's like, I'm with you. Uh, okay. All right, Superman or Batman? Oh, Batman. So much cooler, so much more. Um, yeah, but you're a Superman personality. I am. You? Oh, come on. You are a look. I'm a Superman personality. We are. Oh, we true. want to be. We want to help people and be this example of goodness. Oh, okay. I see that. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I mean, no, you I, could I, like. He's got the car. Chicks digging the okay. car. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I like Captain America myself. But. Uh, okay. Um, strangest thing you've ever seen at a ballpark, not counting in nine inning uh, national anthem. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that is the strangest thing. Strangest thing. Oh gosh, that's tough. I, I can't even think. Um, I'm trying to think of something crazy. Uh, this is not, this okay. This the first thing that comes to my mind. It's not strange. I was in Grand Junction this past year at Grand Junction Rockies game, and the the sunset on the cliffs around that place was just like unlike anything I've ever seen. So it wasn't strange. It was more beautiful. But that's the first thing that came to my mind. We'll take it. What okay. is your favorite baseball uniform? Ooh, okay. Here, I'm a homer. It's got to be the Mariners Northwest Green I or Teal. It. Yeah. Um, but also the Pensacola Blue Wahoos with the neon pink or neon rose. Oh, and this is the coolest part. I went to a game in Pensacola and I was sitting there and I was like, this is such a great color scheme. It's neon pink and navy. And I looked at the sky and when the sun is setting over the Gulf of Mexico, it's neon pink and navy blue. It was beautiful. The, as an aside, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos is like right now, probably number one on my unchecked bucket list. Like I want to go yes. so bad. That park looks Good. amazing. It's, it's incredible. You could spend all nine innings just walking around that place. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also wanted to say about the Mariners thing. I just yeah. wish teams would get away from wearing white. Like, yeah, it's boring. It's dull. The Astros white is the worst uniform in baseball. Well, I don't know about that, but I agree with the, the general comment. The white's so boring. And you know, the Mariners have some really fun uniforms. Um, and they wear the teals or the Northwest greens, as I come on home Fridays. And then they have their kind of throwback royal yellow with a cream on home sundays so anyway they're wearing their best uniforms like once a week yeah and then you get like this boring ass just white <laughs> and Dull. i still i still think the mariners whites are classic but it's not their best so wear your best yeah wear more often. yeah this astros thing it, it drives me nuts all right uh godfather one or two. Oh man okay i have been listening to your past few episodes and i knew you'd be i don't know i've never seen either one I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Okay, when you come to see the Round Rock Express, we're going to take a long afternoon. Okay, deal. All three. Jessica puts on a heck of a show. We do Godfather Marathon. She has cannolis ready when it's what? time. She, she, does? she does a whole thing. Yeah, she's. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I will. All right, if you could own one team that is not your favorite team, which uh, one would you own and why? Oh, man. 
So dang, I've, I've always thought the dust devils have great owners and I've always thought if I could be owner for a day, all the fun things. Um, but that's my favorite team. So, um, which team would it be? I really, really like the teams in the, the mountain West, Montana teams, Colorado teams, yeah. Idaho teams, Utah teams. Um, that's, that was my trip this past summer. Cause it was, well, it was in driving distance for a Westerner. It was a long time, um, yeah. but the mountain views in those ballparks are incredible. So I'm saying Idaho Falls, Chuckers, Missoula Paddleheads, Ogden Raptors, one of those teams I would love to own just to get some mountain, mountain vibes going. My favorite answer to this question so far has been the Yankees. Cause I'd be rich as hell. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Uh, all right. Star Wars or Jaws? Star Wars. Uh, what would you pick for your last meal on earth? Yeah. Oh, good questions. Good questions. Um, I've thought about this too. I don't want to get too theological here, but um, I love thinking about and praying with the last supper. I work in ministry. I studied theology. Yeah. So the last supper is, and, and the, I'm Catholic. So the Eucharist is a big part of it. Um, but if, so I've thought about like, what would it be? I'd obviously want to be with my family and friends and there'd be things I'd want to do, but for the actual food, it would have to be a grilled cheeseburger. Okay, would you have that grilled cheeseburger with Michael Scott from The Office or Leslie oh. Nope from Parks and Rec? Oh, man, both of them, but probably... I feel like if it's my last meal, I'd want to eat with Leslie Nope because she'd make me feel better about the whole situation. I agree. I don't understand <laughs> people who pick Michael Scott. You just want it to be awkward? Like, what are you yeah, right? for? This is your last few hours on Earth here. What you... <laughs> You've already touched on this a little bit, but what is the first time baseball broke your heart? Uh, uh how did I touch on it? Probably the 95 Mariners. Is that <laughs> you, 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 you definitely talked about the Mariners making the bottom fall out for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean the Mariners in 95 were magical and we thought we would never lose. And then Cleveland beat us in the ALCS after we had this magical run against the Yankees. Um, so that was probably it. I also vividly remember, I'm not even the world's hugest Ichiro's Ichiro fan. I love Ichiro, but like, yeah, he's not, you know, um, but I remember I was working full time with the Dust Devils the day that Ichiro got traded to the Yankees and I walk in the office and it was dead silent and everyone's like, who's going to tell him? <laughs> big Mariners fan, not so much a big Yankees fan. And when Ichiro got traded, I remember that was pretty rough. Um, okay. Last question. If not baseball, what sport would you work in? Ooh, ooh, ooh. So we, we have a minor league hockey team in the Tri-Cities, the Tri-City Americans. And I've actually been really blessed to kind of do a few of their games. They've kind of brought me in as Eric the Peanut Guy. And I've ridden a Zamboni. I've, I've done wow. the hits in the timeouts and in between the periods and tried not to eat it on the ice. That was really fun. I, I don't skate. I don't really follow hockey. Um, I might now that Seattle has an NHL team. But um, so I think of hockey first, but I got to be honest, I think it's football. So many good memories with my dad watching football, um, high school football, go Kennewick Lions. So I think it'd be football. <laughs> All right. Well, Eric, uh, before we let you go, I just saw a big thank you uh, from all of us on the show for your friendship, but also your positivity, your mentorship, all that stuff. And, mm -hmm. and I cannot wait for what I love knowing about this show is that you're going to be right there with us going forward. I can't wait for season four and for you to be a big part of it. 
You better believe it, man. I, I love this more than a lot of things. I've loved getting to know you better. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone listening, and especially to you and your family. Who's on first? The Let's Get to Local 9, brought to you by Zoomer Sport. So we are excited to be joined on Let's Get To by Sam Boyd, a big part of your Missoula Paddlehead. Sam, how's it going, man? It's going great. It's a uh, beautiful day here in Missoula. Fall has hit the zoo town, and it honestly feels so good here. Just uh, by judging by the pictures, and I can't wait to get out there next year, it seems like it's always a beautiful day up there. Yeah, um, every season is different. Um, and brings a different beauty. Um, it's, it's crazy because I've never lived in a place where uh, I get excited for each season that's coming. Like summer is amazing. All the water sports we do here, um, talking, you know, we are the paddle heads. We'll talk about that a little yeah. bit, but uh, you know, summer's incredible. Fall, the, the leaves, and you get the winter and the snow on the mountains. It's just nonstop. It's just beautiful. You're making the South Texas boy very jealous. Um, let's talk a little bit about you, though. How did you go from a kid that I presume liked baseball to now being kind of the most visible part of the Missoula Paddlehead front office? Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, hopefully not break your heart. I don't like baseball. Whoa. Uh, yeah. I need, my, I need that technical difficulty. You know, okay, so uh, I'm assuming this is going somewhere. Let's let's walk down this path together. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I grew up uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and um, you know, always was a loud guy. I grew up playing golf. Um, golf is my passion, um, okay. uh, and I was a kid always wearing the loudmouth golf pants, like John Daly, um, on the golf course. Um, always been, you know, a louder person, I guess. Uh, but in high school, ran my student sections and planned out all the different things. Did the guys hype music and made videos. Um, and then um, in college, I worked with the Memphis Grizzlies NBA team. Okay. And my, I remember my first game there. I was just like on their promo team, throwing out T-shirts and entertainment. Um, I I remember like after that game, like crying because I was like. I'm supposed to do this. Um, you found your, was, your tribe. Yeah, it was like I realized, I never realized how much it took to put on a sporting event, how much it took to entertain people, how much it took to leave memories with people. Um, and I had been running with it since. I uh, worked for the Grizzlies for, oh man, all of college and after college, probably six years total, um, moving up you know, with them a little bit. And then uh, during college did internships. Um, and we have uh, a minor league baseball team in Memphis. Um, the Redbirds. Yeah, the Redbirds. Um, uh, I don't know how to say this lightly other than I never really connected with the Redbirds. And I don't know if that's a, a me thing or a them thing with connecting to community. Yeah, you got one. Uh, it looks like you got a hat right back there. I do, I think. Yeah, I was looking. Top right? Yes. Top, yep. There you go. Yeah. Yes. yes. Lots so, of I mean, hats. I, I knew I had one. I just didn't know if I had it out. So there you go. Bam. Oh, I have a ton of hats too. I just keep them at my house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do collect uh, uh, minor league. We'll get there. So like I did an internship with the Spokane Indians. Um, nice. And, and what they do is absolutely incredible with the connection to community um, and creativity level. Um, 
you know, they're not as creative as uh, me per se or what we do here in Missoula, but they do it really, really well. Um, and I fell in love with the connection of connecting baseball to community and memories through baseball. Um, right. And that's where I fell in love with it. Um, yes, I am not a baseball fan. I don't have a team. I don't follow Major League Baseball. Hopefully this doesn't change your agenda of what we're talking about. On no, here. not at all. So when did you end up getting to Missoula then? Yeah. Um, so I got here in 20. Uh, 19 was my first, the lot, last Missoula Osprey season was got my it. first season here. I Good. got so, here so, so, so I want to talk about that then. Let's talk about community because I'm fascinated with the Missoula Paddlehead story for a lot of reasons. One, I think the brand is on point. Um, <clears throat> I think I was the, I think I was the first person in Texas to buy gear when the rebrand happened. I think everybody got on board and it seemed to be um, one of the rare rebrands where everybody was on board right away, right? Like if you ask the, the Amarillo sod poodles, it took a minute. Um, our friends at the Charleston dirty birds right now who were the West Virginia power, it's taken a minute. They'll get there. I think the brand is great, but I want to talk about how painful it was to rebrand and then have to really delay unveiling that rebrand, not just through the pandemic, but through, what became contraction and then you guys becoming a team very affected by that. Yeah. Um, so I, I can, I would be lying if I said people like Missoula loved it immediately. It was funny because the nation absolutely loved our brand. It was so cool to see the nationwide nations like support of this brand and loving the marks, but just like anybody like change, change is hard. So our community is what we um, you know, when we went into the rebranding process, we knew there was going to be a J curve. We knew it was going to be about two months of this. I love the Osprey for this, this re and you know, there's so much PR behind that. And then, you know, after that three months, people start to grow and it starts to change. Um, but it was a very weird situation, um, not being able to play baseball uh, and changing the look of baseball here in Missoula. And you know, I'll touch on the first one um, with COVID and not playing baseball and what that looked like was uh, honestly a blessing in disguise. It was okay. kind of crazy because the community still didn't understand why we did and did it. They didn't understand, you know, the reasons behind it. The Osprey brand and marks had been such a, a symbol of our, our community but what we did in 2020 was we went from a baseball team to an events team and we put on movie nights, trivia nights. Um, what else? I mean, we did a river cleanup. We did all these types of events using our ballpark to do that. And we had so many people come in and realize that everything we do is now about community. And it was okay. the same thing with our rebrand. We wanted to tell a story about what Missoula is, what it's like through a brand. Um, and it's the same thing that we have been going on since this rebrand. Um, so I actually think we all, we all agree that the, the events was such a cool, I mean, we wish we could have played baseball, but it was a cool way to look at it and be thankful um, that we could show the community more of this brand and, and almost slow it down. Cause a lot of times with rebrands, it like happens, it's fast and it's, yeah. people don't have time to breathe on why they change what's happening. We get it with COVID, you know, 
we had this chance to tell our story with, you know, a little bit of patience in it. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a testament to you guys too to embracing that opportunity because you're right. Sometimes, you know, I, I was at a Wichita wind surge game a couple of weeks ago and all I kept hearing about was how many people missed the Wranglers. And I'm like, you've got this thing right here. The Wranglers haven't been here in 10 years. Move, move on. But, um, but let's talk about the contraction piece of it because just like the Appy League, the Pioneer League changed completely its style of baseball. Now, did that take a while for the community to sort of get used to the idea that it's not prospects anymore? These are these are like independent ball players that were sort of are signed here for a season. How did that all go for you guys as far as telling that story? Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely two sides of that coin too. Um, our diehard season ticket holders um, that are uh, big baseball fans, um, usually usually a little bit older in demographic, they were the ones who, I guess had a little bit more friction on the change um, and trying to understand what it was. But the majority of our, our fans were just more of asking questions. It wasn't like, oh, we're not coming to baseball now because sure. you're not connected to the Diamondbacks. It was, what is this? What does this mean? Um, so there was a huge part of it, uh, the whole year of us just, just telling people, you know, it's, it's, we're not connected. We pay our own players. Um, they are, you know, a part of this community. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was interesting because I really loved it. The access to players, the access to telling these guys stories, the access to controlling the product as much as possible because we can't really decide what happens on a game-to-game basis. Uh, you know, we can put the best product on the field. I loved it. Um, I think there's such a disconnect when it's almost like with, with uh, you know, connection to a, to a major league team, it's like these guys are just rented and they're just like living with us. Sure. But we can't really tell them, uh, hey, be at the front. Can, can we get seven guys at the front gates welcoming our fans? Um, hey, do you want to do a dance routine with me? Yeah. And you know, there's so much more you can do when the players are, you know, on your payroll um, and they buy into your vision, your culture. Um, and that's what I've loved about it. That's what our team loves about it is that we, we can, they're a part of our culture is the best way to say it. And we frankly, um, they're excited to be there too, because there's a certain, I would say just from my experience doing this, a lack of entitlement with indie ball players than say someone who maybe got drafted high and was hanging out with you guys for like a week and a half, right? Like that is the difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, we had, we had a lot of guys that actually stayed with us the whole year. Um, uh, we called them the OGs and one of them was Zach Allman uh, set the home run record for a season. Uh, we'll be putting that story out, I think on Monday, which will be great. But uh he, he said it really interesting. He was like, the, the competitiveness of this league, each guy is competing harder than ever, but it's not like a compete against each other um, as much as it was in, um, you know, affiliated ball. Sure. Like, we would have rain delays and the guys would go in each other's dugouts and just hang out and talk because they all want what's best for each other. And it was really cool that these guys are all supporting each other and trying to build each other up. And it was just the, 
I don't know, just the energy on the field with the competition. That was great competition, but how they treated each other was uh, was very wholesome, I guess. Uh, let's go back to the, the, the beginning of 2021 then. Um, everything that I've heard about you from people that have recommended you be on the show, including you know Eric the Peanut Guy out of Tri-Cities, was that you are a guy who thrives on the energy of, of doing what you're doing, and you're just like, you know, you're fired up, you're with the crowd, you're doing that thing. What was it like then for you emotionally to get back to 2021 and realize that for as much as 2020 sucked, there was at least some kind of light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, uh, I remember in 2020 when we were doing events, uh, I sat down with our, our, uh, our president, Matt Ellis, and I was like, dang, this is the first time I haven't performed in like nine years. Like I'm not on stage. Um, and I remember getting out there for the first time in uh, this year, and I'm pretty sure I, I might have blown the speakers uh, the first game of the season, which is uh, uh, I was a little too excited. Um, <laughs> Um, but it just was incredible to, to be back out there. I really, when I look at like what my most favorite thing about my job is and just really what I, I love to do more than even outside of work is just put smiles on people's faces. And um, it's just a, it's a blessing to be able to get back to it this year. Um, you know, we, I always love to test the limits of, I want people to come into the ballpark and be like, I, I saw a guy dressed as Richard Simmons <laughs> stretching in really short shorts during the second inning for the second inning stretch at a baseball game. Like, I want people to say, wow. I mean, my, I don't know if you've uh, looked at our uh, website, what my title is. Uh, my title is director of wow. Like yeah. my job is to make people say, wow. And that's, um, I love doing it through the entertainment. And I love, you know, I love that you're, you're doing this because I think, um, you know, I, I, I think about you again, I think about the aforementioned Eric, the peanut guy, I think about, um, you know, the folks in Tacoma who realize that having a host of a baseball game, that is a personality that drives the game actually makes it better as opposed to, you know, the, the sort of PA announcer going, all right, everybody look to left field. We're going to have a donut race. Okay, cool. I think making it an event for families is so key and it's, it's something so many teams miss. Yeah. And I think that's the, why minor league baseball is one of the coolest um, sports, most unique sports in, uh, in the world. Um, I don't think you see that anywhere else. Um, it's, it's actually a platform where, not that the baseball doesn't matter, but it's, it's on the same playing ground as the fan experience. Um, yeah. You know, anywhere else, it's, it's all based upon the performance of the team. Um, that's how they sell tickets. And that's why people come, you know, in minor league baseball, the best part of it is we connect to the community. We, uh, you know, it's just about giving people great memories. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the outlook we have on entertainment here. Um, I guess it kind of starts with me on the, uh, my alternate uh, persona, Sammy B wearing the crazy suits or dresses or whatever I'm wearing on the night dressed as the <laughs> jo- jo- I had Joker face paint this year. Um, um, but that, that flows through our whole, our whole organization. We want to entertain, um, at all touch points, really. Um, you know, we, we have a peanut inning, which is an absolute blast where we uh, give away free peanuts uh, if we score a run. 
Um, we have crazy things on the video board. Um, you know, it's just nonstop. We, if, if someone's coming to the game and they don't like baseball, they still love a paddle this game. Love that. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the community then. I mean, you guys actually then come out and you do it. You win a championship. How much is that does that go to sort of telling the long-term, like, like we're actually good at this and this is something that, that does matter? Yeah, I, uh, all credit goes to our baseball ops staff, uh, starting with Matt, uh, our, our president, and, uh, and then our coach, Michael Schlack. Um, they got some dogs out there that could just hit. Our offense was insane. Um, you know, I think we, we set the home run record for one player, and we set the home run record for home runs in a game with, I believe, nine home runs in one game. Oh, whoa. Was, yeah, so uh, the baseball has – with the change to us being independent, the baseball actually got better the experience that you can watch is actually better. Um, I believe we ended the season with the best record in baseball, like all of baseball, like all of baseball. I love is, that. That's so cool. That, which is nuts. Um, but I think it is a test. It, it should prove that um, to the community that it's, we're legit. Um, we're going to put legit guys out there Um and we're, we're playing for championships only. That's, that's what we do. Um, and I, I think that's, again, the difference I love, right? Like you guys actually are cared about winning. It isn't just, let me get this guy developed so we can go up to a, to the, the next rug above us. Um, now, as we wrap up, we do some rapid fire questions. So get your, get your rapid fire thinking hat on. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Hot dogs or brats? Brats. Superman or Batman? Batman. All right. Now, um, usually this question is strangest thing you've seen at a ballpark, but you do some strange stuff. What's the strangest thing you've done at a ballpark? Um, two things that come to mind this year. Uh, one, uh, for our ninth inning hype going into the ninth inning, I dress as Freddie Mercury and do the AOs. Um, yes. That's a hype one. And then the other one would be our Disney night here. Um, we had Elsa and she helped me become a Disney princess. Um, uh, and I sang, um, uh, let it go with a helium balloon. So, uh, those would be two that stand out. I'm into that. And Astro's beat writer Chandler Rome. I again, talk about the fact that you shouldn't diss princess night because we get beautiful things like that. What is your favorite uniform in sports? Hmm. Uh, does it have to be active? Nope. Uh, Whaler's jersey. Nice. Yeah. I always go back to uh, Mall Rats, right? When when he's playing with Hartford, the whale. He's I don't know. It's I'm an old man, and that's a, that's one of my touchstone movies. Um, the Godfather, one or two? Two. Oh, weird. You answered that too quickly. Um, if you could own one team that's not your favorite team in any sport, which team would you own, and why? I could own any team. Yep. that's not my favorite team. Uh, well, I have an answer in my head, but I, they're doing so well that I, I think I would not, I could help. I mean, so I want to say Savannah Bananas. Jesse is my, Jesse Cole is my mentor. Okay. So, you know, probably I would love to be a part of the Bananas and what they're doing and see they're just crazy. They are, yeah, they're good dudes over there too. I like them. Um, we've had them on the show a bunch. Okay. One, I think my favorite answer to that question has been the Yankees because it means I'd be rich. And I was like, it's, it's 
good point. That's um, fair. I also would love to own like uh, a soccer team. Like a Premier League team would be so cool. Because you'd also, again, you'd be loaded. So it just means you would dabble in. Um, okay, Star Wars or Jaws? Star Wars all day. Really? I don't know if this is going to pick up. Oh, there you go. A little Grogu. Wait, let, me turn off, I, let me turn off the virtual background so you can at least see this. Uh, there we go. I'm doing some show and tell as well. Because I've got, I mean, I've got a bunch of jo- sharks, but I've also got my Quint being eaten by the, look at Grogu. He's so cute. Yeah, we have a moose antler giveaway uh, for our opening night. So those have been one of our popular items. And put him on Grogu. Love it. Yeah, I've got the full-size Grogu over there, too. Um, okay, what would you pick to be your last meal on Earth? Like, just one food? Or, like, do I get... Like, if you want to say, like, steak and potatoes, or, you know... Uh, this is a weird combo, but, like, hot wings and crab legs. Okay, would you eat hot wings and crab legs with Michael Scott or Leslie Nope? Michael Scott, all right. Um, what is the first time in sports that you felt like it broke your heart? Ooh. Um, Memphis Grizzlies game six playoffs. Uh, again, I'm a, I'm a huge NBA fan. Um, so it was game six against the Clippers and they hit a, uh, a three pointer to beat us, uh, and go, they went to the Western conference finals. Either that or the Memphis Tigers championship uh, where uh, the buzzer beater against, um, I think it was Tyreek Evans for the Kansas City, uh, Kansas Jayhawks in the final four. Either one of those two. Man, yeah, those are, that sound painful. All right, last question. If not baseball, then what sport would you work in? Hmm. Um, you know, I think... I'd either say, uh, I'd want to say like wrestling. Nice. We said sport. Hey, he is uh, Sam Boyd. He is the face of your Missoula Paddlehead. Sam, we're going to be out there next season. Cannot wait to meet you in person. Yeah, no problem. I'm really excited to have you all out there. Uh, maybe I'll come up with something funny or uh, crazy for you to be a part of the entertainment with. I'm totally into it. Thanks for jumping on Let's Get To. Let's Get To presents This Just In, news from around the baseball diamond. And we do have some breaking news on Let's Get To. And in keeping with our Thanksgiving tradition, this is the episode that we will announce our Let's Get To awards. For every year that we've done the show, we've taken the time to recognize some individuals and some teams across the entire minor league baseball landscape that we think are doing a great and exceptional job. And this year, we do have a couple of ties, which I know is very un-baseball-like, but the team and I really couldn't find a reason why we shouldn't just acknowledge and and award both people or both groups of people or both furry things. So we're going to begin with our single-A team of the year and affiliated minor league baseball, and that is going to go out to the Bowling Green Hot Rods. You might remember from our Halloween episode, just what an incredible experience from top to bottom a ball game in Bowling Green really is. And now they've got some really cool new hats that you should check out to really embrace and celebrate the Bowling Green Hot Rods. So for our double-A team of the year, we're going to stay here in Texas with the Frisco Rough Riders. 
We really loved getting up there for their Armed Forces Day game. Again, it was an amazing experience top to bottom. They played the song for all the branches. They had the cool jersey that they wore, and then they auctioned off. So it was just a great experience, and it really doesn't get much better than Dr. Pepper Ballpark. For AAA, it's the Omaha Storm Chasers, the Kansas City Royals affiliate, just a class organization. We had a great time. It was the hottest game of the year this year, but we're not going to hold that against them. But it was just an amazing experience. The ballpark is beautiful. The level of play was awesome. We saw lots of home runs, and they've got a carousel in the outfield, so it's hard to top that. For independent ball, we actually have a split award, so we're going to go with a team from the Atlantic League and a team from the American Association. From the Atlantic League, we're going to go with the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. This was our second-to-last game to experience before we went to the Arizona Fall League. What a great time, and really one of the best independent ballparks I've ever been to. We were there on Breast Cancer Awareness Night, and it was just it was awesome to see all the community come out. I mean, the governor was there. It was just top-to-bottom really what minor league baseball at the local level is all about. For the American Association, we're going to go with the Cleburne Railroaders. We're going to stay up in the Dallas area, not far from Frisco. They're, they're doing baseball right up there, except for you know how I feel about the Rangers guys. But anyway, the Railroaders, just a great job. And it really began you know, back in March, I guess it was March, with their rebrand. And they carried it through. It, it was such a great baseball-going event that the game was on and off rain that we were at. We really couldn't even feel like we would do them justice by shooting anything, so we just didn't. We were there to, to, to have beers and drink and have a great time. And so it was just shows you what a good experience it was, that even on a day that was rainy and overcast, the fans were into it, the team was into it. It was just a top-to-bottom awesome baseball experience. For our Collegiate Summer League Team of the Year, we're going to go with the Fond du Lac Dock Spiders. This experience for us was really what local baseball was all about, it was a big party for the ball game, watching the collegiate summer league kids play. And we even hung out with a bunch of the host parents who were there every game. They've got t-shirts for their section. It's really what makes baseball special at that level. Now we're going to get into some of our individual special awards that go for folks that we think do a good job of both supporting baseball and also promoting baseball. And our first is going to be our content creators of the year. Uh, This is one of my favorite baseball podcasts out there. Uh, It's Emily Nyman and the Breaking Balls Pod. Congratulations, Emily. We love listening. For our Entrepreneur of the Year, these are for organizations that are doing their best to provide a different type of fan experience. And if you've been an Astros fan, particularly since the late unpleasantness began in like January of 2020, you know that the good folks at Apollo Media have been creating really good content and products that have helped a lot of Astros fans get through it from H-Town versus everyone, which other people copied to just some great looks at some of the key moments from the the season, including Machete's famous slide, uh, Apollo media well-earning of this particular award. For our mascot of the year, we have it split. First, we're going to give it to Dusty from the Tri-City Dust Devils. The fact that he gets the work done in that heat is just amazing. He and Eric the Peanut Guy work great together. It is so much fun to watch. Now, generally, these awards go to teams that we've actually been to see. But watching Sheldon Tortuga from the Daytona Tortugas do the work and support everybody and and just promote that baseball in that community reminds us a little bit of Slugger 
out in Portland, so we just had to give that award to Sheldon. Our Don Gillingham Fan of the Year Award is named after Don Gillingham, who's probably Let's Get To's biggest fan. We got we gave him the Fan of the Year Award last year and then named it after him. And this year it's going to go to Johnny Bolin, who there's no bigger fan or supporter of the MILB and Collegiate Summer League Baseball. You know, he's every every part of his life is touched by that game, including Halloween. So congratulations, Johnny. Our Eric Mertens Spirit of Baseball Award is named after Eric Mertens, who was on the show earlier this episode. Anybody that knows Eric knows that when he thinks about baseball and, and all of all of that baseball entails, it's about love. And so we wanted to find people who felt similarly. And this year we're excited to name Ed Rivera, the Dad Hat Chronicles, our Eric Mertens Spirit of Baseball Award. For our voice of the year, we're going with Sean Mernon of the Bowling Green Hot Rods. Being a play-by-play announcer is a tough gig. I got to sit in the booth with him for a little bit why he did it. The fact that he can have a conversation and track a game, and he's got that amazing voice built for radio. He does a great job of painting the picture of Hot Rods baseball down there in Bowling Green. Our executive of the year is going to Alan Miller and John Ryan. They are co-owners of the Portland Pickles and part owners of the Cleburne Railroaders. And as we mentioned before with Cleburne, they've done a great job turning that brand around and making it one of the strongest brands in Texas. And as for the Pickles, they are world famous for doing it right up there in Portland. Our Ben Hill Person of the Year, and this is another split award. We named this after Ben Hill. Anybody that follows affiliated MILB knows that Ben really puts a lot of heart and love and blood and sweat into covering and promoting this game. Our first winner will go to Marty Cordero, president of the Omaha Storm Chasers. He's been a big supporter of minor league baseball at all of his stops and a real voice when it comes to the changing landscape of the sport. He's also been a big supporter of our show. Our other winner goes to Emma Tiedemann, voice of the Portland Sea Dogs. Emma's the kind of person that always has time for to help someone out. We've heard many stories of Young women reaching out to her about how to get started in broadcasting and her taking the time to help answer those questions. She's a great representative of what's right about the sport, and we're really honored that going forward we will have a new award, the Woman of the Year Award in Baseball, and it'll be named after Emma. And regarding our new Woman in Baseball Award, just like we have with our other endeavors with the film festival and with indie film, we acknowledge that inclusion is very important and something that we need to grow and celebrate. And we really feel like, especially with baseball, baseball should be a place for everyone. So we're very excited to be able to name this award after Emma and go on to recognize some of the great and growing roles women are playing in our national pastime. And we're excited that our very first Emma Tiedemann Award goes to Amy Johnson from the Corpus Christi Hooks. She's done an amazing job helping that team get through the pandemic keeping baseball alive in Corpus when there wasn't much baseball to be found, and then did a great job in this last year getting that that tradition going again and growing new fans. So thanks for checking out these awards. Check out all of these individuals and these teams. They really are what makes so many people across the country love this sport so much. to close it out, the right-hander from Houston, Texas, James Christopher. So it does wrap up this episode of Let's Get To, and yes, just like Cher, I have done a costume change. I'm wearing my Baseballism Thanksgiving Day sweater. I love the good folks at Baseballism. First of all, their stuff is fun. It's, it's created with love of the game. There's a lot of heart to it. 
Uh, I highly recommend checking it out, but they're also just great at customer service. Uh, like an idiot, I had forgotten to enter a discount code when I made a purchase. I immediately emailed them, and they were so kind to take it off right away. So they really are doing it right at all levels. So check them out. Great gifts for the baseball lover and your family. But it is Thanksgiving, so I hope that you will use this day to put a, put away those petty differences with your family. You know, don't talk politics. Don't talk religion. You know, all that stuff. I saw a great SNL sketch where the family's arguing about politics and the little girl keeps playing Adele to stop the argument. So if you need Adele, I hear she has a new album out, do that. But me, I'm a big Thanksgiving food guy, you know, and I treat Thanksgiving just like I do when I'm at the ballpark, you know. I'll get myself some turkey, some stuffing. I am absolutely a big cranberries guy, so I'll get some cranberries, some pie, but most importantly, let's get to. 